0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country
1: and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level.
0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post for Sunday the 10th of December. Thanks for your company. Big show coming up because there was plenty of feature racing right around Australia. The man who's going to share the duty with me and talk all about it I hope, talk a lot of sense, he generally does. Ben Dorries, good morning. Welcome back.
2: Good morning. It's starting to feel a lot like Christmas, isn't it? We're only a couple of weeks out. You'd be a big Christmas man, wouldn't you? uh, Not particularly. You've got a tree at home, lots of presents underneath. No,
0: no, no, not not particularly. But, of course, you'll enjoy the Christmas, because you're actually taking holidays. or you're on holidays now.
2: Yeah, I'm gone. This is just a special guest appearance, basically, just for you, David. But, uh, no, having a little freshen up, obviously, with a couple of young kids, and looking forward to getting down the coast, up the coast, and keeping an eye on the races as well.
0: I mentioned uh, feature racing in several parts of Australia yesterday, but I suppose in a way, and we're going to have a chat with him soon, the, the day really belonged to Chris Lee's or the Chris Lee stable. They had a fantastic result Australia-wide.
2: Yeah, everywhere you looked almost, they were winning races, weren't they? And as you say, we'll talk to Chris shortly, but he's had bigger race wins uh, in his life, clearly. But five on the one day, including you know the feature in Sydney, the feature in Brisbane, and some other nice wins as well, hard to top.
0: Certainly was. So we'll uh, look at uh, Eagle Farm in detail. It was the fourth day of the the, the carnival. So plenty to discuss there. Also several feature races at Royal Rabbit, with the Ingham being the feature. It was Ballarat Cup Day yesterday. Unfortunately, they had a deteriorating track. Same sort of thing happened at Morfordville. The the fields just fell away as the track got worse during the day. But, of course, it was also the continuation of the summer carnival in Perth. And yesterday, the feature was the group won the Northerly, $1.5 in prize money. And Zaki was set out the favourite. Here's the replay.
3: As they come to the turn, he's starting to ride him along. One and a half to Bustler, zip away, comes off the heels of Zaki. He's within striking distance, followed by Forgot You and Tricks of the Trade runs on it. Zaki hit the front though at the top of the straight, went to Maricino, raced about three quarters clear. They beat off behind them, uh, Dom De Shoot and also Zip Away. Zaki's the leader, a hundred left to go. Dom De Shoot coming though, Dom De Shoot, McDonald lifting Zaki, Dom De Shoot lunging. They were to it. Nothing in it. Nothing in it whatsoever. It might be Dom to shoot. Maybe it's Dom to shoot a nozaki. And close up as well. Zip away in a thriller to the Northerly. Behind the River Rubicon. Barcelona Maricino, Be optimistic. A lot of good men. Followed by Tricks of the Tray, Casino 17. Elsafina back in the field. Mojo rhythm. Zoom on forgot you. The
0: Velvet Queen and and Rocks. We wait. Yes, we waited, but uh, Darren was spot on with Dom Deschutes getting the nose down on the line to beat Zaki the favourite with Zip Away the closest of thirds. This was his third attempt in this race, Dom Deschutes. Uh, he ran behind Amelia's Jewel last year, and he also competed in the race two years ago, so he came up trumps yesterday.
2: Yeah, and look, he was coming off a terrific run in the railway stakes where he made ground to finish third uh, from the back of the field on a day where basically nothing. Uh, made-up ground. But I think, look, the real story of this race, I think, was the jockey in some ways, Jared nosky For for those of you who might remember, he rode Black Caviar in her first two starts. So, you know, he was a jockey of some, uh, you know, prominence. He, in, in those days, he's been in Perth for a while. He actually gave up uh, riding uh, for a while and was doing some pre-training and, and, you know, was sort of working in other areas. But, look, he came back. This was his first Group 1, and I love the quote, from him post-race. He said, I wasn't sure of the photo. Me beating J-Mac in a photo. No hope, surely. But we got the bob. So, little old Gerald, Jared Noski triumphs over James McDonald, who obviously came back from Hong Kong. Zaki, every possible, I thought.
0: Yeah, e- exactly. There was there was no excuse there. Don to shoot. raced by the Daily Family. Races of the Daily Family Colours. Trained by Sean and Jay Casey. And, of course, we did see him here on the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, time goes fast. He was here as a three-year-old a couple of years ago, and He actually won the Mornington Guineas and he ran in the Australian Guineas and he ran on the C.S. Hayes. So we have seen him here once before, but uh, I'd say now his um, career continues. In Perth, he may well go to the Perth Cup. He has contested the Perth Cup previously. So that was the highlight at Ascot yesterday, the Northerly. And, of course, next week will be Damien Oliver's final
2: day of riding. Yeah, uh, the gold rush. He hasn't struck a blow over there in Perth yet and uh, the last few weeks but let's hope he does on his final day when I was over there uh, Winterbottom a day I'm, I'm not sure if this is hundred percent but the the word was going around it was a sellout uh, if that's right um, that'll be some sort of day over there I mean and potentially that might might be why we've seen lesser crowds I guess uh, in the Perth carnival so far they've been smaller than normal so perhaps everyone's just waiting to turn up for the gold rush day More than likely.
0: Let's turn our attention now to Eagle Farm yesterday where we had a 10-event card and the feature was the Star Gateway. This race is exclusively for four-year-olds and this year the winner of the Gateway or the winning connections earn a slot into the Stradbroke Handicap. Here's the replay. Two and a half away, third, Freedom Rally. Perfect run by Orman. Executes a good run in the box seat. Fourth the outside. Seventies hit that a line of three. Count to beans tucked away inside of Midnight in Tokyo. The Vals three wide. Epicus three wide as well. Dia Trail between runners in Houston Rocket. a catarina uh, with most of the field in front of her but she starts to work to the centre of the track then Dream Hour. John Rambo's a minute back with Sunset Soiree and Warby in the home straight though. Standing order leads the way. Midnight in Tokyo coming after it strongly. Freedom Rally in Deer Trail, they're diving to the inside. And Dream Hour right down the outside. Midnight in Tokyo, reach the clear lead. Dream Hour a danger. Big danger. Dream Hour swept up, dashed away, won the gateway. Beat Midnight in Tokyo. Photo third, Warby, Deer Trail, Freedom Rally or a Catarina four there for the Miners. Behind them came Standing Order. Then the Vals, Epicus. Well back was Houston Rocket. Then came Coco Brew Express, Sunset Soiree. John Rambe never got into it. Then Count to Beans and Seventy Cent last over the line. Look, uh, Dreamer was a $17 chance, but certainly raced like a, a horse much shorter in the market. It was a, an emphatic win, swept past the rivals, beat them easily and ran time into the bargain, one twenty-two fifty-six. Chris Lees, as we were saying at the start of the show, had a wonderful day yesterday. He puts the polish on Dream Hour, and he's our first guest this morning. Chris, good morning. Not only congratulations for the Gateway, but for the day overall, uh, a day to remember.
4: Yeah, it certainly was, David. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I suppose when they, you get multiple winners on a day, Some of it just comes down to programming. I mean, just, um, you know, things fall on the day, but um, it was certainly, um, it was... A nice day to have.
0: Dreamer has only had, uh, I think, what something like fifteen starts. It was his fourth win yesterday. You didn't actually start with this horse, did you?
4: No, no. He came to us. Um, it was an Australian bloodstock purchase. Um, he, he was trained in, in Victoria. Come in terrific order. Um, he had a uh, preparation over the winter for the stable. We put him away. He's come back. Um, he's won two out of three this of preparation. He was really good first up and. I may have just raced him a little quick second up. I think mean, he's a bit hoarse with his run spaced and um, we applied blinkers for the first time yesterday. We thought he'd run well. It's hard just sometimes to marry up that form, but um, he, he's as you've seen yesterday, he's got a good turn of foot when things set up right for him.
2: This race probably comes at a little bit of a tricky time of year, but gee whiz, I've been surprised in a lot of previous years we haven't seen more southern horses, given that it gets the winner a ballot exemption into the Stradbroke. I mean, the conditions of that have changed a little bit this year, but how, how much of Dream Hour's <clears throat> sort of programming yesterday was just the fact it was a $300,000 race, but also that the Stradbroke sort of golden ticket as well?
4: Yeah, I think more to, to be fair, the $300,000 race for, for four year olds only, I think was, a, was an ideal concept and was good to target. I actually ran uh, Lock Eagle in mm. it last year and he actually charged home from well back, I think that's third or fourth. He's um, come out and won the Ingham yesterday. So I think it'll, it'll be a race that'll continue to go in stature, but um, yeah, time is, you know, the time of the year. I suppose it presents its own challenges, but it, I think it was reasonably good field yesterday all the same
2: yeah absolutely so i guess it's a long way out but now you've got that in your back pocket i'm probably presuming you you, you may not run dream hour in a straight break you can run uh, or australian bloodstock can run pretty much any horse they want that's in the top 40 in ballot order so it's a nice um you know nice problem to have isn't it it's, it's... it is and
4: look the way you raced yesterday look it could be a, a lightweight chance obviously it's a different level but um with natural improvement lightweight chance with his racing style and You never know. So, um, anyway, we'll we'll worry about that early next year.
0: Yeah, you you made the point before that you thought it was a pretty good field. You're spot on there because this race, Chris, was a difficult race to do the form on because it's four-year-olds together. Most of these horses wouldn't be racing each other, but here they were all together yesterday, and I would describe the local lot collectively as above-average four-year-olds, some more above-average than others. But the fact that not only did you beat them, but you beat them pretty easily... uh, I think, there's, I think when the ratings come out on this race, and whatever way they do them, I'm sure this horse will get a good rating out of this race.
4: Yeah, I think you're right. And, and Dave, you'd have a bit of on the form there than I. Than I but, um, you know, I think to the eye, he, he looked to win pretty well. So um, if you can repeat that in, in in higher company again, well, he's on the right path.
0: That's only his third run this campaign. You mentioned that he won first up at the Kenzo and then a little disappointing at Rose Hill winning yesterday. Where do we head now, or do we pull up stumps?
4: Well, we'll continue to space his runs. We'll just give him an easy week, um, whether he we, whether he stays north or comes back around Newcastle stable. We we'll have a discussion with the Australian Bloodstock boys on what's on offer, and, and before we make any set plans. But I, I think long term, we've got to think about trying to get him to the Stradbroke.
2: Mm. Talk to us about Lock Eagle, Chris. This was, uh, I suppose, fascinating on-race morning, wasn't it? This horse was preparing almost for a track gallop because you thought you weren't going to make the field only minutes before scratching time, and then everything changed.
4: Well, your third emergency in a $2 million race on a good track, uh, there was one scratching overnight, but um, by about 7.20, I think there was still only one scratching, and and then a couple more come out, and, um, yeah, he was actually just about ready to have a gallop readiness for for a race next Saturday, Uh, 7.29, I got the phone call. So, um, and he still drew Barrier 22, so we didn't have that huge confidence, albeit he was luckless in in the gong, and he'd been racing really well. Probably went into the race thinking the stable weight was our preferred chance at Barrier 1, Rusty Steele, who who ran ran okay. But um, he's um, found some really good form, Lock Eagle. As I said, he, he was posted three deep without cover in the gong, but um, Dylan was able to tuck in and, and get a free wide run with a trail, and that was all the difference yesterday. Lock
0: Eagle, is he a Magic Millions graduate?
4: He is. He is. And um, the plan was always to go to the, I think it's the Cup, the 1400 metre race. And um, at this stage, we'll more than likely still head that way.
0: And, of course, he's also now ballot-free for the Doncaster.
4: Yeah, so that's something in the back pocket. Look, to be fair, pretty similar probably similar how we're talking about the Gateway. It's mm. another step up at Doncaster. a long way from the Villiers, or, or now in Ingham. But, um, again, he's got a good Ramwick record, and um, I, I dare say we'll give him his chance in um, April.
2: It's all ended brilliantly for you in, in the end. But I'd imagine yesterday morning, with the heat in Sydney, there was I know there was a lot of debate between trainers and jockeys. There was a lot of talk on social media about whether the races should even be run, whether they should be pushed back. They pushed on with them what were your thoughts at the time and, and obviously it's it's ended up being a magic day for you, so I'm assuming you're glad they went ahead.
4: Yeah, I think you've got to put everything into context. You know, the horses' welfare by far has to come first, but um driving down it was very hot looking at the car and some of the hotter parts of yourself well, obviously when you're going on that M one it was forty two. But by the time I got to the track it was thirty two and there's a bit of a breeze come through, so you know, it was it was um it was comfortable race day but um it's something they continue to watch and i think that they I mean the the horse stalls and you know the, the, the misters the missus going it was quite pleasant to be fair
0: the day ended on a real high because of course you won with lock eagle but the the winning habit wasn't over then zoe's promise in the second last race and then coming up trumps with broodnell in the last uh your thoughts on those two horses zoe's promise firstly
4: <sighs> Zoe's Promise promised a really good job she um she had to do a little bit of work in the early stages. Her and the, the, the inside leader controlled the race and probably looked the race in two from the top of the straight. Thankfully, she's able to put her nose on the line under strong riding from Nashua Rewilla. She'll go to the Bell of the Turf Stakes on the 28th. Mm. That's a Group 3 race at Gosford for fillies and mares. Probably her racing style. I think she'd be well-suited there. And um, Brudenell he's just a real winner. He's won seven races now from about a dozen starts. And got a great racing style, puts himself up on speed, and he's hard to get past. um, He might go to a a listed race at Canterbury New Year's Day. He's got a a good record around Canterbury.
2: Obviously, it's only a few weeks or a month or so away now to the the Magic Millions, which will quickly become the focus. Have you got a two-year-old or a three-year-old in your back pocket you think might be a chance on that rich day? I've got a couple of nice two-year-olds. Whether they'll get there,
4: I'd probably more doubt than be confident. Um, I've got a nice silly. Called Chilly Philly won a first race start. She's a three-year-old filly. She'll possibly goes to the Wild Magic Moons on Wednesday. She'll need to win and keep winning to to get enough prize money. But I think she's a worthwhile filly. Could nearly, could get there? Come come, Millions um, Day.
0: Just in closing, Australian bloodstock is is a, a mainstay in your stable, and I've just been sort of you know noticing or watching their their behaviour, their movements over recent times—they're showing no signs of slowing up, are they? If if anything, they're they're increasing their presence. They're very enthusiastic in in, in the marketplace.
4: Very much so. Uh, they do a wonderful job bringing new people into racing, and they've got a really good business model. I think they bought a dozen horses at the recent Tat Sale mm. in um, in England, and um, so they're, they're always looking to evolve their business in various forms, and whether it be yearlings or tried stock. We've got a terrific eye for uh, for both and um, I'm one of the beneficiaries of that because um, they're wonderful supporters of, of the stable.
0: Good to chat, Chris, and we end where we start. Uh, congratulations on a great day yesterday.
4: Thanks very much, both. Cheers.
0: There is Chris Lees joining us who was the trainer of the day yesterday, uh, winning five races, the, the feature at Eagle Farm, the feature at Royal Ramwick and, of course, uh, we didn't mention Walinga Freefall. It also won from earlier in the day at Eagle Farm and On both occasions, Andrew Mallion having the ride, and on both occasions, rode both horses extremely well.
2: Yeah, he did. Probably um, slightly underrated uh, jockey. Um, But, yeah, as we talked about with the Gateway, there was really no real excuse. I mean, look, I've got to say, you didn't want to be, I don't think. I mean, you had a better view than than me from the race callers box. I don't think you wanted to be hard up against the inside. You wanted to be making a run down the outside exactly Mm. like Out did. I'm not saying that the inside was horribly off but there was quite a few horses, especially late in the day, that made their runs on the inside that looked like they were stuck in quicksand almost. Yeah,
0: look, look uh, it's an observation that I made yesterday that I haven't made in some time at Eagle Farm because Eagle Farm has played very fairly uh, over quite some time now. I think the turning point race was the chatty lady race. We're about to listen to that, that replay, the, the just now, when they came right down the outside uh, all that pizzazz also up the centre of the track. In fact, the last half of the program, basically it was centre or wider. So uh, that's they're, they're just observations. You can only s- tell or, or say what your eyes see. <laughs> uh, well,
2: Star Tontes was an interesting one in the just now. She's zoomed up on the inside, uh, looked mm. hard, you know, under no riding, and you sort of thought, She's saved every inch. She's just going. He hasn't won in a while, but
0: yeah, I, didn't I, even run a place. I fell, I, I fell for that because I I saw her up on the inside. I thought, well, she's just going to go, you know, bang and, and, and run past them. But in the end, she ran fifth. We'll we'll talk uh, to our other guests about that as well. But let's continue on looking back at Eagle Farm yesterday. We've discussed the Gateway. So now, uh, Australian Bloodstock, I imagine, as the the, the uh, you know uh, majority owner of that horse, will now have an opportunity. To run a horse in the Star Strandbroke next year. Midnight in Tokyo, second, good. She's racing very well, that, uh, that uh, mare. Warby was the best of the Gollum runners in running third, and didn't surprise me. Uh, Freedom Rally, not quite sure how he's going this campaign. He ran fourth, Dia Trail ran fifth, so third, fourth, and fifth there for Gollum. Let's go to the just now. And in the end, Extremus and Better Get Set. They were having a good battle for favouritism, but uh, when the starter said go, it was Extremist the best back, but she missed the start. Beneghette set seventh the outside as they approach the turn. Then Deep Rouge Essam and Duchess Brie and Startonnes. Second last and last, Extremist. Can she burn the candle at both ends? Hit it for home from Glorious Ruby. A long shot looming large. Larsaweer coming through the centre. Down the outside, Perrin away. Chatty Lady and Beneghette set making their runs. And Startonnes. Little Startonnes driving right through it on the inside. They've got 100 metres left to go. Out wide, Chatty Lady. In the centre, Extremist. Startonnes over on the inside. Chatty Lady going home best. Chatty Lady too good. One from either Essen flying or better get set. Extremist and start tunnels on the other side of the track. I'd say fourth and fifth. Then Glorious Ruby, Perinaway, Last aware Deep Rouge. well back Duchess, Brie and Secura Girl last over the line. And Secura Girl bled at that race. So we stood down for three months. Chatty Lady not unnoticed in Benning, and not surprising that she wasn't unnoticed because uh, she's a more than capable mare who can produce a good finish. She was $11 down to $8.50. Kyle Wilson-Taylor at the helm here. Essen from the back second. Better gets it. Had her chance in third. Extremist. This is her her, her problem. Uh, we, we see her generally on speed, but sometimes, in fact, more often than not lately, uh, and unfortunately she's she's dwelling at the start, not jumping properly and having to use that petrol. Under the circumstances, I thought her run was quite good and start today's. Maybe on the wrong part of the track in fifth.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when you look back at this race, Kyle Wilson-Taylor, 53 kilos. Obviously got down to ride it that weight. He doesn't ride it that weight every day, and he was keen to do it uh, for this mare, so that probably told us all we need to know. But it was a weird old race, wasn't it? I reckon if you you in it a few more times, you might get a couple of different winners. Just the stuff just coming from everywhere. You didn't know where to look.
0: Seems to me with, with Kyle Wilson-Taylor, I respect him greatly. The opportunities haven't been great in recent times. It's almost like he's, he's starting to have to try to prove himself again. You know what? Am I right or well, wrong?
2: I, I think you are right, and I am um, right in saying was it this was this day last year he'd been I think <clears throat> struggling for opportunities, a bit mm-hmm. out of form. TikTok Queen. Yep. So a year to the day mm-hmm. since he won the Gateway on TikTok Queen, here he was again.
0: Yeah, and of course, um, you know, winning the, the, the Tats Tr on Palais, a pan. He was on a high there during the carnival. Things just seemed to fall away. Opportunities didn't seem to present themselves in recent months. But there's no doubt he's an extremely good rider. That
2: was the just now. And good result, too, for the family. He misses around second.
0: Yeah, exactly right. I just it's
2: Family win. Quinella, if you don't mind.
0: Now, Mark Curry, he, he plays his cards very close to his chest. But um, I think when Bernie Kipper asked what was the plan, he said, uh well, we Said something that didn't mean anything at all. But she may well be in the King of the Mountain. I think she ran it last year.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, how they'll beat Rothfire is beyond me. But anyway, I thought that was tremendous from Rothfire the other day. Yeah, he's getting a little bit old in the tooth. but um, not we all? uh, Aren't we yeah, all? Yeah, I'm cast. Nothing. I'm completely gone. You're
0: nearly 50. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, you're closer I'm... to 50 than 40.
2: Yeah, but I'm closer to 45 than 50. <laughs>
0: breaking it down (laughs) let's go to the the features spread yesterday the sky racing bribe this race at listed level it was a good betting race but a very open race let's listen to the replay onto the turn, Flaming Conquest had the highest speed, she corners in front Asamu went wide, then Rubiquitous Situation Room, hunting along the rail followed by Prince of Boom, all that pizzazz pulled to the outside, Ralphie even wider, Flaming Conquest still in front of huge odds from Rubiquitous Situation Room, Asamu, all that pizzazz down the outside, Prince of Boom not doing enough, all that pizzazz descending at precisely the right time raced up, dashed away big go to the Mariners, all that pizzazz first, beat over Rubiquitous, Should for gold third, possibly F Troop fourth. Steady ready, situation room not far away. Then came Asamu, followed by Prince of Boom. Smart image, Flaming Conquest. Ralphie pulling up quickly. And Mabel didn't fire up towards the tail. All that pizzazz seen at his best yesterday. He launched uh, his uh, winning run up the centre of the track. Ben Thompson riding, knows the horse well. And this was a dominant win as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some might have thought... His win in the Wheatwood was <coughs> fluke, probably a bit harsh, um, but there was, you know, Yellow Brick, Yellow Brick was a, a raging favourite in that race. Some might have thought, oh, I wonder how wonder how this old, all this pizzazz will go on with it. Well, hasn't he gone on with it and will be a special horse in Tony Gollan's heart forever and a day, giving him his first Wheatwood and obviously a, a terrific win in the bribey there too.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, and this horse is a winner. He's only had the 14 career starts after yesterday. He's won seven of those 14. It's nice if he can win once every, or one in one every two, which he does. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And Ben Thompson uh, obviously has a terrific association with him. Gee shooting for gold. He's a bit of a tease, I reckon, that horse now. Mm. Um, got plenty of ability, but, but ran home nicely for third without really um, ever looking like winning. Prince of Boom, obviously, was uh, <clears throat> completely cast off the track, uh, never got on the track, so he finished ninth. Um, but, you know, only beaten three lengths, and given the run he had, um, you know, it was a fair effort, probably under the circumstances, to only get beaten that far. It was strange
0: with the market because uh, I think when the markets first came out, he was initially the favourite. He got right out of the market, and I didn't think he'd come back in, but he came back in. All right, he was seven dollars down to four sixty, but the, the alley he was a victim of the alley, which didn't come as a surprise. All that pizzazz by the same token was also well back six dollars down to four forty. Let's continue our look back at Eagle Farm yesterday and we'll go to the the two two two-year-old features. The first one is the the Callaway girl for the Phillies and Barbie's sister, they launched late here, the putters, $2.10 into $1.75. By the 600 metres, Barbie Sister, firmly in control of affairs, will turn into the straight in front from Carlisi on the outside, the marginal length. Ocella's had a tough trip out three wide, now trying to join in, El going to the rail, and then came Satin Stiletto and forget the other five. Barbie's Sister led with 250 left to run, there's a pretty handy margin too. Ocella, Carlisi can't go on, El battling away, then Satin Stiletto and on making some ground, but 100 to go, and Barbie's in front. El Mazzillo's running on go- Namely, but too late, sister. Barbie. sister won the Callaway Gal. Beat home Mozillo. Fano third. Sue on an eye catcher. Or satin stiletto. Then came Pulpit, followed by Acela, Khaleesi. They both knocked up with a million roses and naughty nurse out towards the tail. Barbie's sister uh, avenging her first start defeat when she was run down late at the Sunshine Coast. But yesterday, Orman riding one alley, bouncing to the lead. And if you backed her, it was a pretty painless watch.
2: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And immediately the, the tab turned her in, I think, to become an $11 chance in the Magic Millions two-year-old classic, which obviously Tony Golan won earlier in the year with Skirt the Law. Look, I guess the one thing I, I would say on, on yesterday, and, yeah, she, she won well, didn't she? But, look, she wasn't as strong as an ox late. This was over 1,000 metres, um, so, I guess the one question mark on her is her ability to get a strong 1200 meters in a high pressure race like the Magic Millions. Uh, interestingly, Craig Kavanagh, uh Tony Gollan's loyal offsider, foreman, well, I spoke to her after the race and he said, Don't worry about that. Uh, this girl will actually be better ridden with a sit. Uh, we'll teach her some new tricks in the next month or so and she'll get 1200, no worries in the world. She was impressive. She did what she had to do. Could I charge into her at the moment in the Magic Minions market? No, I couldn't.
0: She ran 57.86. So let's line that up against the other races of the day. Well, firstly, let's line it up against the, the Colts.
2: Well, I'm going to say that's a 1,000 links quicker than the Colts went.
0: Roughly 1,000. Is that right? Not quite. 100? Uh, uh, no, about uh, nine lengths. <laughs> the Colts ran 59.2. We'll come to that race shortly. But I, I suppose a a, a a better comparison and a more favourable comparison for the for Barbie's sister, she ran 57.86, all that pizzazz, her stablemate ran 56.62, so about a second slower than the open class, that's not too bad, and I, I, I'm, I'm marking her up a little higher than most, I, I know many have the same thought as you, about 1,200 metres, now, we're five weeks out from the Magic Millions, options are limited for w-
2: whether they have another run, which they, may they will. well... They will 100% have another run, uh, it's undetermined as to what yet, but he wants to test her over 1,200 metres before. So whether that's the week before, obviously we've got those um, two-year-old races on that wave meeting or there's other options, obviously, but he he 100% wants to give her a go at 1,200 before the big day.
0: Well, I'm betting $1.01 it'll be in the McLaughlin. Yeah, I'd imagine so. That's 1,200 metres. It's uh, black type, group three. It's worth $300,000. So you would imagine that that would be the, the next stepping stone and then the, the three-week break to, to the millions. Um, El Mazzillo, uh, Kelly Schweder's first starter. Good in second. If we're wrapping Barbie's sister, we can't be knocking El Mazzillo. Uh, Satin Stiletto had her chance at that. I thought the run of Suwad was good. Uh, came from last. Um, Kembla Grange trained Philly. Not a bad performance. Well, that was the Phillies. Let's go to the Feel and Ready. A disappointing lineup of only four runners contested. But punner has got it right here. Bo Dazzler, that's the one they came for. It ran the favourite at 2.40. They come onto the turn. 4.50 left to Rana. And in front was Mashani Explorer from But We Did on the outside, who's posing as a danger. Then came Bo Dazzler being pushed along to try and make ground. He's racing greenly, and he's not really responding at the moment. And then came Mashani Hercules, who's under pressure. Down towards the 200 metres and past it now. Mashani Explorer headed off by But We Did. Bo Dazzler's going to have the last shot. He's finishing strongly. Short of 100 left to Rana, Bo Dazzler raced up, got the upper hand, hit the lead, and won the feeling Bo Dazzler beat out Mashanti Explorer. He kicked for second, but we did third. And Mashanti Hercules, last of the quartet. Well, Bo Dazzler is a cult by Ardrossan, a New Zealand bred. Tanya Maddie Sears and Robbie Dolan having the ride. Earning good money here. In fact, first prize money was $116,000. Good money if you can get it.
2: Why wouldn't you have have a go, especially in a four-horse field? I mean... Look, clearly a lot, lot slower than the Phillies. But I still think Tony and Madison Sears have a fair bit to work with, uh, with Bo Dazzler. His debut run at Toowoomba, you would have to go and watch to actually believe. He he missed the kick a million lengths. He was whipped hard ridden just to even stay in sight of the field. Uh, Ducked in, ducked out, looked around, didn't know what he was doing, and then had the temerity to search home. From a million miles off them, and, and almost win, and I spoke to Matty Sears afterwards after that debut run. She said he she was he was just completely spooked by the lights. He didn't didn't actually know what was going on. So look, uh, he did plenty wrong yesterday too. Uh, in the straight, he was like a drunken sailor. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, he only beat three rivals, but um, once he works out what it's all about, I, I reckon there's something to play with there. And of course, he's a Karaka. Uh, Mm. graduate as well. So speaking to Tony, he um, may actually head over to the Karaka Millions uh, with him. And I think he's got one in the back pocket, another one as well to produce a Karaka horse uh, that may head over there as well. But started $2.40 I reckon if you were on him in the straight, you would have had plenty of nervous moments, even though you only had three roles to fend off. He didn't know what what it was about, did
0: he? No, 100%. Magic Millions Market, for January 13. Storm Boy at $5. That's the Waterhouse bot runner who won on debut. Now, Spy Y was scratched yesterday from the field and ready. He would have run long, long odds on. He
2: would have won by 20 lengths, wouldn't he?
0: That's right. He's $6. Straight Charge also at $6. Bodyguard, who we saw during... Flemington Carnival at $8. Amazing Eagle 11 Now, here's one worth mentioning Arabian Summer at $11. We saw it in action at Ballarat yesterday. I uh, know Mark Cutterman, when we spoke with him in the previous day, he was a little concerned about Arabian Summer's stamina, but by gee, uh, it, it looked good. I'm, I'm not quite sure of the opposition, but. It won by a good margin.
2: Yeah, she was really, 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 really impressive, I thought. She was a real um, eye-turner. She just kept on getting further and further away from them. The only thing is this race, notoriously, y- you know, you see them firm into sort of equal favourite or high in the betting for Magic Minions, and then they turn up on, on race day, and notoriously they don't do much. So I'm not sure about the form going out of this race or even whether, whether the McAvoy's will bring her up for the Magic Minions, mm-hmm. but she has certainly got a good future.
0: She was a two hundred and twenty thousand dollar purchase at the the MM Sale Arabian Summer, Show. so she's at eleven dollars. And as we mentioned, Barbie's sister sitting there at eleven after yesterday Callaway Girl's success. Our last replay out of Eagle Farm yesterday is the three year old event race five, and here was a shorty Weigel Tiger at one dollar eighty by the 600 metres, preparing to turn Black Meadow led the way, on the outside Spicy Legend, now Weigel Tiger eases out of the 1-1 trail, comes calling 3-1 at the turn, and swept up strongly all of a sudden, then came Exotic Miss into the clear, trying to run on, Then let me dance running on only fairly, cool music near the rail, Weigel Tiger in front with 200 metres left to run, had a clear margin from Exotic Miss, Spicy Legend, <laughs> trifling and cool music Weigel Tiger, 100 left to run, another shorty's going to come up tra- Thompson Eagle Farm, Weigel Tiger, too good for them, got the money, Ben Exotic Miss, game in second, trifling Honest in third, fourth photo, victory winner, cool music, then came the Inflictor, followed by Soul Lady, then Better Let Me Dance, Spicy Legend, Black Middow, Jack's Boom Master Plan, and Bo last over the line. Yes, the first half of the card at Eagle Farm, all the shorties were winning, Weigel Tiger was one of them, CJ Graham in the saddle, trainer Kelly Schweda joins us right now on Past the Post. Kelly, good morning. Hello guys. Thanks for joining us. Look, there wasn't the, the dominance in the win yesterday that there was at the previous start. Do you put that down to that five-week gap
5: from racing? Yeah, and and it wasn't a normal five week He had a week out in the grass doing nothing. The week they come back, you don't do much with them. You don't want to upset their muscles a bit. So, so he had a had a, a, a longer than normal, I would say, you'd call it five week off.
2: Naughty. 5% of horses, or maybe even more, Kelly, don't win four on the bounce in their careers. Um, so for this guy to do it so early on, geez, you've got something to work with, haven't you?
5: Yeah, Benny, he's a nice horse. He just keeps getting a bit better. You know, he only won a maiden four starts to go, and he's he's beaten a reasonable, um, well, pretty good um, three-year-olds at the moment um, with a big weight. As I say, five weeks between runs. I don't have many horses that can do that especially with 60 kilos. You could see he was a bit fresh yesterday, got pulling, getting a little bump here and there, was sort of firing him up. And, you know, just before the corner, he, he'd pulled his way to the front. So I thought, oh, dear, I oh, do. It's a long way down there with 60 kilos. You know, I want less, one and a half, of CJ's claim. But he sprinted away, probably got a little bit tired the last little bit. He had a good blow after the race, and he, he was very fresh even before the race. So I think he'd done a pretty good effort.
0: So with that win yesterday, uh, he's got around 140000 in, in the bank, prize money-wise. Uh, is that enough to get into the Magic Millions by your reckoning?
5: No. Well, last year it was borderline. I think I had um, Tyressa in there. I think she had about 138000 or something like that, and she just scraped in probably one of the last in it. So with the more prize money down south and that now, um, it would probably be, be borderline, uh, David.
0: The Vaux rogue on the thirtieth, would that be a target for you?
5: No, that would be a bit that's a that'd be a pretty sharp race. If, if I did run in he he'd run in a two weeks time in a mile or sixty one of the winners, set weight race, three year old at Eagle Farm would probably suit him and then three weeks freshen up into the um into the magic mill if he went that way. But I mean look, five weeks from now to then wouldn't worry me but I just doubt whether you'll get in, and they don't have 2 or $3 million races you know, every day of the week, so just uh, let the dust settle.
2: He's an $11 chance at the moment for that three-year-old guineas. I'm fascinated by your rookie, Philly. Well, she's not a rookie anymore. She raced yesterday, El Morzillo, who chased home um, Tony Golland's, uh good horse, Barbie's sister. She finished off really nicely, Kel.
5: Yeah, yeah she went super first starting a race. Um she trolled up right behind that Chris Munster's horse and he probably got beat ahead, but look, she's not a magic million Philly. We bought her in English um sale, but look, she went super. They run I think they run a second and a second and a half or second and a quarter faster than the Colts. Tony Gollins obviously got a good rap on, on the winner. And um yeah, look, you know, she went to super I thought.
0: You know, I'm sitting here, you know that old expression, Kelly, I've got something Sticking in my craw. <laughs> I, I <can't... laughs> this could be anything, Kel. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. can't work out why you wouldn't go into the Vaux Rogue.
5: Look, I, I think it'd be a bit sharp, and then that's just too... I think this horse is also better with these spaced runs, um, and I would think a three-year-old set weight race over a mile and then three weeks into the Magic Million would be a better option, David. I think that three-year-old 13.50 is normally a really sharp race. Mm. And, um, yeah, look, it's. I, I thought about it that way too, but I, I was more to the theory of three weeks into the Magic Minions and just do nothing with him. But, look, I don't say it's out of the question, but I would think, would think a mile set weight, three or I worth 61 of the winner, might have been a safer option, but... Um, and and, um, and, and,
0: and the, just to close on that, you've got no... Doubts about A strong mile with him?
5: I wouldn't think so. Not he was just very fresh, David, yeah. and um, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think he'll be fine. Um, and you don't know, do you? Find out, I suppose. That even if he he run top three, he would just probably get enough into that fourteen hundred.
2: Yep. Yeah. give us a bit of an insight into CJ Graham, your apprentice. I mean, she's not a household name. People see her in the race book and see her being interviewed post race, but probably. I know a hell of a lot about her. She's obviously came up from New South Wales. Just just tell us a bit about her and what makes her tick.
5: Um, well, I can't take much credit for her. She's been well-educated by her previous bosses, Jenny Graham, her parents. Her father's a jockey. Uh, she was with Snowden. She broke her back and I risked a wrist or two. I think she had about a year or a year and a half off. So she lives and breathes uh, racing, um, as I say, I, don't, I can't take a lot of credit for her riding ability. We just go through um, a lot of things. She lives and breathes racing. Um, she's got a good, um, lovely personality. She speaks well. Um, every night we talk about her rides, and she she wants to be a jock. She lives and breathes racing. And I suppose, you know, we just talk about pressure, I think. You know, she's riding for all the big stables, while we that year. You, you get under a bit of um, pressure when you're riding favourites and, and she she deals with that pretty well. So, as I say, I can't take a lot of credit because her previous bosses have obviously done a great job with it, especially Jenny Graham. Um, so um, she lives and breathes racing, right, she's light, she, she, she loves winning. And, you know, she, she's a pleasure to have. I hope she's not listening.
0: <laughs> she probably is. Uh, she always articulates herself well post-race as well. And, and you can see that, you made that comment twice there, she lives and breathes racing. You can tell mm. in her post-race comments the enthusiasm in her voice. She's enjoying what she's doing as well.
5: Yeah, look, she loves it. You know, she has it. So she had a pretty, she had a few knocks, especially breaking her back and, and things like that. She's either breaking... One or both risks. but um, um, she she's um, she's a very very uh, talent I think, and um, you know she she's at her own worst end. She criticises um, a lot of her, um, her rides, and, and and we get a lot of help around the ridges. You know, we often ask you know, Alan Russell, you No know, Valley, Northek um, helps her with the speed maps, and you know she's not frightened to ask all the all the right people. and you know, I told her. You know, listen to everyone and take notice of a few. That's what I was taught as kids, you know, so she does that, and um, she's not frightened to ask
2: now, Kelly, you know what I and the listeners want? You come and sit what? in the press box on a Saturday, yeah. Yeah. and very just sit there by yourself, have a bit of a chat, and then your horses just win everywhere. no tips for me, no nothing at all, and then you, you sort of sound surprised when they win. Have you got mm, something right. for the listeners? You've got three
5: oh, i I'm, I'm a bit worried about tipping you one because I tipped you well, you're one. Well, you're tipping the and world. You back one. it and you put the kiss of death on it.
2: Well, j- forget You've about me. The, There's yeah, so many listeners j- that. J- join the queue, <laughs> Kelly. <yeah. laughs> you must have something. Something, Kelly.
5: Oh, look, I've got a, got a couple of nice horses. I think you should stick with deep respect. Um, uh, made the fits going good. Should will run next week? Um, yeah, look, got a few nice babies there. Um, which doesn't mean a lot until they till they win a race, but oh, a little old school I suppose. But yeah, look, I think stick with Wagold Tiger, deep respect, made to fit and you know, when um um Seller so Girl comes back I think she'll be Oh, not Seller so Girl, sorry, Miss Jolene, I think she'll race well.
0: What about Ring of, what about Ring of Steel?
5: Yeah, uh, he's uh He's a nice, stressful horse I've got. <laughs> sure. I just
0: thought I, everything was going nice. I just thought I'd yeah. plop that one in for
5: you. Yeah, thanks for that.
0: Baby. Hey, just, just, just two questions before you go. Yep. Mate to fit, what distance is she racing at next Saturday?
5: Uh, it's a 78, fillies and mares, 1,200.
0: 1,200. So that plan that we once sat down and discussed...
5: Yeah, that's, that's out not, the door.
0: I, okay, fair enough. Uh, I think that's probably... The right way to go too. I mean, not, not not telling any secrets out of school, but there was you did sort of give some consideration to going up in distance yep. and maybe looking at the yep. wave, but
5: that's
2: yeah been put out of. Out is of is he trying to train your horses for you, Kelly? No, no this no, is ridiculous. No, no. We just had a little discussion. We have a little talk. Dave, Dave, Dave that, Fowler has a little form and, and uh, watches more races than I do. You're, so. silly, you're sillier than I think if you listen to Dave Fowler,
5: <laughs> honestly.
0: This <laughs> <laughs> him talking. Hey, sailor's secret. Model of consistency, never runs badly. You would have been delighted to see him win first up yesterday too.
5: Yes, super effort. I, I was, you know, Hall wasn't going to run him. He drew Barry 19 and the staff, um, Glenn Sullivan, they talked me into running him when the field um, down, come down to 13 and um, um, the speed sort of coming out of the race. And I was a bit worried when he stepped a bit slow and um, circled him. And, um, yeah, it was a 10 out of 10 ride.
0: Leno Sullivan, another mainstay of your operation?
5: Ah, oh, 100%. I hope he's not listening to but But, uh, yeah, no, they aren't coming better than him riding work.
0: He'll be telling everyone at the pub this afternoon his name was
5: mentioned this morning. You can bet on that. No. I up. reckon he would have been cheering sailor secret. Eh? Seeker,
0: <laughs> on you, mate. Thanks for talking with us. Thanks, guys. Kelly Schweda joining us this morning with a double, ESA and CJ Graham as well. That's about it for Eagle Farm. Let's take a short break and we'll come back... And listen to some of the highlights from Royal Randwick and the Ballarat Cup. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. And of course, Past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Go to the website, archerparkracing.com.au. All the information there. They're buying horses left, right and centre. And of course, they're going to be big players at the Magic Millions sales coming up in January. Let's turn our attention to Royal Randwick. A 10-eventer on a good four-track, the $2 million... The Ingham was the feature and Detonator Jack was the $5.50 favourite.
1: Uh, deep out is Lock Eagle from Lion's Roar. Age of Kings back on the rails. They're followed then by Communist. Uh, deeper out is King Magnus in the white cap trying to get into it. Detonator Jack as well back as they straighten up and fierce and Attractable go head and head. Clear from Valana. Then came Lock Eagle from Hinge Surf Dancer. Dropped off. Rustic Steel battling away on the rails as Attractable's drawn clear inside the 200. And gone for home. Attractable two in front to Lock Eagle. Then came Lion's Roar winding up. Attractable just in front but Lock Eagle goes to it Lock Eagle draws level with Attractable and Lock Eagle ran down Attractable Lions Roar third followed by Kerwin's Lane Uh, then came Waterford together with Hinge, Rustic Steel detonator Jack White out further back no compromise from Charterhouse then new Mandate from Age of Kings Dark Destroyer, uh, new Magnus Cepheus well back with Valana and Surf Dancer was among the tailenders Lock Eagle Number 23.
0: Yes, number 23. Number 23 won the last at Eagle Farm as well. Yes, I think Brave Mesa was, 23. Uh, But uh, he deserved to win a good race, Log Eagle. He's not overly raced, uh, but he's generally competed in good company, whether it's been in three- or four-year-old company. And it was his turn yesterday, and and no fluke about the performance. Uh, Had a wide barrier, gave them a start and gave them a beating. And one person we did not mention that we were probably remiss not to mention when we spoke with Chris Lees was Dylan Gibbons, who, of course, has a great association with Chris. And uh, that, that for them to team up together, I'm sure both were really stoked.
2: Yeah, I think... Uh, I'm probably going to be wrong, but I reckon this would have been their biggest win together, mm. um, as in with Dylan riding for Chris. So, yeah, didn't get too many favours in the run, but Dylan kept a cool head and got the pickies uh, in the end.
0: The listed raise as sharp as the feature sprint yesterday as we go to the replay.
1: Insurrection leads around the corner by three quarters to the grey frosty rocks. With your blessings, got plenty of room to take the inside runner. Barossa roses coming off heels. Fox fighter to the outside. Back to the inside. Recommendation and rocketing by, making very good ground. Way ha falls slicing through the pack with a good run. Insurrection in front, narrowly. But here they come. Recommendation on the inside. Recommendation went up to join Insurrection. Recommendation. Insurrection. Oh, this is close. Recommendation, maybe a nose to Insurrection, but desperately close. Way, ha, ha falls third. Not sure about four. Cinewan deep out. Rocketing by the fence. Then dynamic impact. Perfect thought with your blessing. Further back to Fox fighter Barossa Rosa. And uh, dropping out of it there was Frosty Rocks.
0: You'd like to have one of these in your backyard. Recommendation. He doesn't know how to run a bad race. That was his 12th start yesterday. He's now won six of those 12 and placed on four other occasions. So... He rarely misses top three. There's a full sister to recommendation to be sold at the Magic Million, so that will be, I'm sure, well looked into. Kieran Maher and David Eustace combining and Reagan Bayless had the ride.
2: Yeah, terrific win. I'll tell you what, that third place horse, Wahaha Falls or however you say it. It's like one of my first girlfriends, a complete tease. Like uh, charges home again and uh look I'm talking out of my pocket here. Hasn't won in over a year. It's got back to, the, did you? Yeah, it's got all the ability in the world, but just Always seems to find one better, but no taking away from the win of recommendation, I'm sure Wahaha Falls (laughs) might win another race before Christmas in 2026. I think it's
0: one of those Christmas horses, to be quite (laughs) honest. Mara and Eustace were to the fore in another feature at Royal Roma yesterday, the Inglis Nursery. Let's listen.
1: Beer Barron at odds the outside, then Jupiter Hills and Otis, and Beer Barron moved up to Blue Stratum, Otis on the outside, Beer Barron in front of Otis, and he's coming home hard, Beer Barron being joined by Otis, and Otis and got up right on the post, Otis and beat Beer Barron, and Nymphadora charged home into third, then came Blue Stratum, uh, followed by Groove City making some ground, then uh, further back to... Uh, Uh, Sacred Fort. Just behind them was Vala Bling making headway together with the long prize spirit in the dark. Uh, Further back then came um, Jupiter Hills weakened out. Getting pretty tight at the end was Tokyo Lady from Cashaway Gold in the Lille. He led uh, Desiris weakened out.
0: We saw him debut on Melbourne Cup day at Flemington. Uh, He ran third in the the Maribyrnong Plate. But uh, yesterday with that benefit of experience uh, he was too good for them. Tyler Schiller riding overcoming a wide gate as well.
2: Yeah, I reckon there would have been a few people in pubs around Australia cheering for the runner-up Beer Baron Mm. at $51 and ran an almighty race course out of the mare, Ice Cold Crownie. So very well-named.
0: Beer Baron ran well and the third horse ran well as well. It was uh, not tailed off, but it was a clear last in Fedora. I will say, though, just looking at the breakdown, the last 600 wasn't far, so maybe the race was run hard early and maybe flattered the back markers. But nevertheless, first, second and third all went well. Blue Stratum. Look to have its chance in fourth. Let's go to the Max Brenner Santa Cup, the sixth of the day.
1: I'm in to win, and Baby Rider locking horns around the corner, and Baby Rider serves it up. I'm to I'm in to win back on the inside, and Baby Rider takes the lead now in the Santa Cup. I think the sack there for the favourites empty. I'm in to win. And Baby Rider's drawn two in front. King of the Castle sealed up going to second from Wineglass Bay. And then came Winecliffe making some type of headway. Baby Rider in front though at the 100. Two lengths clear from Wycliffe the outside. Baby Rider a length in front of Wycliffe and Baby Rider. Good strong performance to win the Santa Cup. Beating Wycliffe, King of the Castle third. Followed by Wineglass Bay. Then came Superium. I mean, the win weakened out there, but the horse that went with him was won it, so work that out. Further back, Carmaguay, Wicklow and Superior.
0: Another win for Bjorn Baker and Rachel King. Baby rider at $21. Let's go to the Ballarat Cup. Uh, on a heavy track, Captain Envious was the best back runner, and in the end, he was the Cup favourite.
3: Then came Captain Envious Midnight Blues trying to get something going from the back of the field and Foxy Cleopatra still last as they come to the turn On Froncay, 500 metres to go is still three lengths, Red Sun sensation, then Regal Power who's battling a little, Just Folk on the inside, saving ground Young Verda produced towards the, the middle of the course and then came Captain Envious On Froncay at the 250 Just Folk trying to hunt it down with Young Verta. and Captain Envious right down the centre of the course, bumping in to young Verta below the 200. Just Folk up to on Francais, But Captain Envious runs on by. Captain Envious, two legs, three legs coming clear. Captain Envious won the Ballarat Cup from Young Verta, Just Folk and on Francais. A gap swords drawn, then
0: Red Sun sensation, Regal power, Foxy Cleopatra never warm, and Midnight Blue was last. And Captain Envious successful for Paul Prushka and Mickey D. They were the highlights of racing Right around Australia yesterday. Hong Kong today, of course. You'll be watching, will you?
2: I don't think I will, no. Right. Well, I'm on holidays. I can't be sitting there watching the races. I get divorced. Although, in fairness, my missus knows she's on a pretty good thing with me. She probably wouldn't divorce me, but I don't want to test her patience.
0: No, well, we, we kick off uh, the, the, the big four, of course. Levin's still on warm heart there. They'll battle out favouritism in the Vars. We've got Lucky Swainess, who's will be a shade of odds on. Zach Purton riding in the Sprint. Golden 60, these are household names in Hong Kong, the Sha Tin. It uh, will run favourite in the mile. And the Cox better, of course, Romantic Warrior, is the favourite in the Hong Kong Cup. James McDonald, Ascot yesterday, Sha Tin today.
2: Yeah, and, of course, West Wind Blows uh, was scratched overnight from the Hong Kong Vars just uh, due to a bit of an injury to his left fore. I think we're about to wrap up. You won't see me for a few weeks on Sunday. I'll get a challenge for you. Mm. That last Darren Flindell call, I quite like that, the Santa reference, the empty the sack and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Do you reckon you could get a Christmas reference into one of your calls in the next couple of weeks? Santa or, uh, I don't know, something with elves, reindeers, something? You're easily pleased. I'll do my best. Yeah, give, just give us maybe a text beforehand so I know that's coming up. Now, you won't be here the next
0: two Sundays, so the next time I see you on a Sunday will be New Year's Eve, but you're with you're staying with Press Room.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, David, next uh, – well, sorry – Tomorrow, on Monday, there is one hell of a lot for us to talk about. Uh, we may not have enough time to fit it all in. There's plenty going on.
0: Good on you, mate. Thanks for the day. Thanks. Ben Dorries joining us. Thanks for your company, folks. Hope you have a good day. And, of course, we're back again next Sunday. Bye-bye.